right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Conversation, the ladies edition. My name is Tori, and I am on with the two other lovely co-hosts, and I'll let y'all introduce yourselves. I am Crystal Fulton. And I am Alicia Halliburton. Okay. And with that being said, we're going to jump right in. We have some very interesting topics um, to talk about this week. But before we get started, just with the timing and where things are right now, we did briefly want to make our hot topic Halloween. So I guess with that being said, what is, um, as Kingdom Ambassadors, or even just as being women who have families and children, what is, I guess, your outtake on Halloween and how, I guess, we should handle that, um, celebrate, you know, or not to celebrate, I should say. Um, as for me, gosh, you know, young mom, so, you know, just have two-year-olds, so, um, I don't celebrate Halloween for one, but um, I just realized like the origin of it. I actually looked it up and it is like so demonic. Like, I mean, to the point where, gosh, I there's just so much to say. Um, what I found, and I don't want to be too long, but like the origin of Halloween just came from um, the Celtics. I I believe is what I read. And they had like sacred bonfires where they sacrificed animals and they actually dressed up in costumes um, while they were doing this and told fortunes. So like, that's all witchcraft. And then it evolved to um, where they uh, basically, they thought around Halloween is when the, the dead walked the earth. And so they were, goodness, let me get my thoughts together because it's just so much. Um, so the dead was walking the earth and what they would do is put food. It started out with food and stuff and, you know, outside. Um, but I don't want to get into all that. You'll probably address all of that later. But as far as me, I don't celebrate it with my kids it is hard to keep it from them, especially like when you go to grocery stores and stuff like that. And the one thing that my kids are doing right now is they'll be like, oh, you know, it's a ghost. I'm scared. And I try to teach them not to fear. And so I will say, you have authority over that. Like you say, I'm not scared. I have authority over you. And of course, they don't understand that to the fullest extent, but at least they understand that it's not to be feared because I feel like it's there to invoke fear and there's so much in fear. Cause like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll let um, Alicia go. Cause I'll go on and on about that. I want you to keep going. <laughs> I was not mad at the history and the backstory. Cause I feel like a lot of people probably don't know um, the origin and that sort of thing. And then I also think a lot of people do know, mm -hmm. um, uh, more specifically, you know, religious people, uh, those in Christendom and that sort of thing, which is why um, there are so many replacements. Yeah. And you have, you know, your trunk retreats and Hallelujah Night and, you know, all of these other what I would call a counterpunch that are also not kingdom based. And I think it's really important to um, 
to talk about that as well, because I feel like, you know, essentially a lot of people are like, well, yeah, we know, you know, Halloween is demonic, but we want to do something for the kids. So let's do, call it a fall festival or let's, you know, still do something, you know, let them have fun, let them wear costumes and, you know, there's no harm in that and there's no harm in candy and, you know, and essentially it's the same trick <laughs> that the enemy uses with so many holidays. Um, and this one in particular, we know has nothing to do with scripture. So, you know, I guess the part that saddens me the most is when you see it mixed with worship as a way to um, so-called, um, I don't know, I won't say recruit, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, recruit community members, you know, and and get people to come to your church and come to your, your event and festivity. And, um, you know, me personally, I'm like you, Crystal. No, I don't, I don't celebrate it. I don't teach. I'm having had the opportunity to even teach him about any of it because he's only two. Um, but I do plan to, you know, start speaking up. And so that when he sees those things that he'll easily be able to distinguish, like, no, that's not what we do in kingdom culture. And here's why and empower mm -hmm. him to be able to speak up. So I, that replacement, you know, thing, I don't know who want, who want to take it to the, <laughs> to the next step, but that's the issue that I see with it personally. Hey, and it's so funny because honestly, I feel like y'all been secretly hanging out with me because I was just looking at, you know, the history and me and my husband was just actually talking about uh, it being replacement because, you know, a lot of, a lot of churches, you know, they do the, like you said, the hallelujah nights or the trunk of trees and we were talking about it and I was like, y'all do realize y'all copying the copycat. Like Satan said that I will be like the most high. He lifted himself up. And so the fact that a lot of churches are using the trunk or tree or the dress up as your favorite Bible character as a way to draw people in is not necessary because y'all, y'all using Satan's methods to try to draw people in. If you just live, you know, your lifestyle will speak more. And so just um, just the, we're not going to celebrate Halloween, but we're going to have a harvest festival. Y'all are doing the same thing. And just like I was recent, um, you mentioned the, um, the baked goods crystal and I was looking at it and they um, just a little bit of history, like they called it Soul Link. Like they put these treats out so the souls or the souls that were roaming the earth would be nice to them. So I'm just like, a lot of believers y'all don't even know the origin of what you're doing and how dangerous it is and you know just Dorori is asking those questions now like she like we were just talking about it. i'm like well you know they may celebrate halloween there but we don't and you know she's asking me why and i'm just like i didn't know i was gonna have to have this conversation with my three-year-old but you know like it's it's necessary and and even like at her school, like we were driving out, it's a Christian school and right across the street, it was like a nun and a dead girl uh, swinging on, on a tree outside of school. So I'm just like, y'all just, yeah, but I could talk about Halloween forever. But with that being said, unless y'all had anything else. I have one more thing because, you know, I was just reminded of the scripture that tells us to stay away from even the appearance of evil. I think that's another reason why, you know, then you start getting into, um, well, it's not, you know, it's not bad. And um, I guess that whole 
concept of good versus righteous comes back into play because just because something seems good, yet the, uh, you know, every man seems right in his own eyes. And there are a lot of things that seem good on the outside. But again, if the source is perverted, is demonic, then there's nothing you can do. There's no way you can wrap it. There's no way, nothing you can take out of it that will make it pure and that will make it holy. And I think that right there is the key. And a lot of believers uh, fall into that trap. Like the enemy easily trips people up because they feel like just because, you know, well, I'm not sacrificing souls, so it doesn't matter. And, and, you know, and, and just hopefully and sadly out of ignorance, but it's like once it's been presented to you, you know, the father's not winking at ignorance anymore. So you really have no excuse. And I think the saddest part for me is the children. Like just getting them roped in to that mindset and thinking that it's okay when it's not. And even just like um, just the whole idea about it, how we're going to take it and make it a hallelujah night. If you think about it, it's really just going back to humanism. Like you're making it how you want it. Like you're going to say, okay, this is good because we're not dressing up as devils or we're not dressing up as witches. I mean, you're still doing the same thing and trying to make it righteous and make it holy when it's, is it comes from demonic roots is no way that you you know you know can convert that so right. yeah and i guess kingdom citizens like you know elohim is all about truth just to kind of piggyback off of what um alicia was saying it's like he's all about truth in its entirety like right. we do things and not knowing what the origin of it is think it could it has an evil origin and thinking that, oh, okay, well, it's okay. Well, Elohim is looking at it from a whole perspective. He's not looking at it from just, you know, oh, okay, well, in 2021, they decide to make it good. So, okay, it's good now, you know? Um, it's just, yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'll and it's win. so funny, because like, even as I was looking at it, um, the history of it, the media actually played a big role in making parents and stuff celebrate Halloween because a lot of like Christians and parents didn't want to celebrate it because of its origin. So what the media started to do, they started to make movies and stuff yes. that made Halloween make Halloween look fun and stuff like that. And even as I was looking into that is like, you know, who are you who are you letting govern you? Like are you being governed by, you know, your spirit or are you you know, just letting the world tell you that this is fun, this is normal, you know, so really just being on guard of everything and, you know, what you take in, so, yeah, it's pretty, and and, and, and I'll leave it alone, because I could talk about Halloween for a while, <laughs> but just, like, the, the amount of money is spent on Halloween, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, it's like, and maybe, Crystal, you know, but yeah. it's, like, in the billions of how much is spent on Halloween, and I'm just, like, I read okay. that a fourth of candy sales, like the entire candy sales is sold on Halloween, a fourth of it. And it's just wow. like, well, we already know where the government lies in that. But yeah, it's it's just crazy. And there's so much deceptive in it. This, um, I guess this word, um, deception. There we go. Deception in it. Because like I used to celebrate Halloween back in the day. And when I decided to, well, actually, when I, when my mom, actually, she was just like, we're not celebrating it. It's evil. I don't know where she got her standard from, but 
eventually she was just like, we're not celebrating. And I was just like devastated because it was so much fun. We're going house to house. We're getting candy, meeting people. Um, and then once you get older, it's parties and stuff like that. But um, learning the origin of it and learning that there's so much evil and so much deception in it. Like I remember growing up, I was an angel for Halloween one day, one year. And I look back at scripture and it says, angels are mostly um, in the image of man. But when we celebrate Halloween, angels are depicted more as women or like demons. Thank you. (laughs) But, uh, and also like demons, the pitchfork and all of that, that's not what demons look like. You know, and there's so much deception in that to where if someone were to have an encounter with the spirit, they won't even recognize it. You know, and that's the one thing where, um, like you said, I believe, Tori, where you said the enemy, he his whole thing is to deceive us, to make us not really think that for one, that he even exists. And I've heard stories that people have told me about um, possessions and I didn't think it was real just because of the stuff I seen on movies. And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, you know, it's real. And I was like, no, nah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's real. Like this stuff can really happen. And media, like you said, Tori, desensitizes us so much. And it puts us puts it in our face all the time to where if you know you grow up to be a kingdom citizen get in the holy spirit and start having these visions and stuff like that you start questioning it you know you start questioning what is real because you've been desensitized for what is fake to that appears real if that makes sense right yeah and it's so funny because literally when you said the word money i was looking up how lucrative is halloween and you know what is the prediction and for this year they're predicting it to be 10 billion dollars spent um on candy and costumes like of course they're going to you know uh romanticize it and (laughs) make it as appealing as possible because everything goes back to the dollar bill and you know and, and especially the kids if you can get the kids involved Oh, they, they got us. They got us. That's, that's really, a, I guess, part of a bigger discussion we can have at another time about how we literally, like, just our children are used as idols and, um, you know, are being sacrificed, you know, all the time. And, and this holiday in particular is, you know, I know, Krista, you were talking about um, sacrifices and stuff, but that's another layer of it. Like, they were actually sacrificed children. So it's, it's still going on in 2021 that's the sad reality yep and this this is is so good i really want to continue it but we should you know get into our topic because like i said i could talk for hours about halloween but i'm not today (laughs) (laughs) so today uh particularly in this podcast we want to talk a lot about friendship so our first question for you ladies is what does friendship mean to you and felicia you want to start with that go right ahead Okay, what does friendship mean to me? So I think that's a loaded question. Um, You know, I think it kind of relates to like when we were talking about family and how do we come to, you know, figure out what family means and what it looks like and stuff. 
Um, but friendship, I think, is a topic that we definitely need to talk more about and really try to get um, the concept, the kingdom concept of friendship, because the scripture does talk about, you know, friendship and how there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother and talks about, you know, chair to being in their home and all these sorts of um, things, relationship things, like the scripture even talks about how it's more important he would rather you go and get whatever you have wrong with your brother, with your friend, right before you bring a gift to the altar. So the father is really concerned about how we are interacting and treating treating people. And I think that there's not enough attention placed on, you know, friendship, what it means to be a good friend and how to do so. So back to your question, what does friend mean to me? I think for a long time, I didn't really have a, a good concept of, or kingdom concept of what a friend should look like or what it is. I had a TV concept of what a friend should be and what it is. Someone that you, you know, have fun with, someone that you, you know, talk to and, um, you know, that sort of thing. So I think in a nutshell, that's kind of where my concept started i'm sure like a lot of people um but over time i've learned a lot about friendship and i'm still learning so the same with me you know just growing as a kingdom citizen you learn that some of the concepts um, that you've had um were wrong or just needed to be tweaked a little um so um i knew like my concept of friends were was like you know somebody that you confided in somebody that you can trust you can tell anything that you wanted to you knew it wasn't going to go past that person um somebody you could who would tell you like when you're wrong like i used to really um be big on that like let me know when i'm going in the wrong direction i feel like someone is not a friend if they watch you go in the wrong direction and they don't say anything um and also what was it um someone that um was like-minded you know someone that was kind of that i can relate to on so many different levels especially spiritual i'm kind of like the both of y'all like my idea of a friend was just i got it from tv like you know somebody that's gonna be in your wedding somebody that you have that you just hang out with, you know? Like I really just had this idea in my head that um, the friends I made in college were gonna be my lifetime friends. And not saying that I don't talk to them, but I mean, Alicia is the only friend from college that I, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna say they're not friends, but we're just, I guess not in fellowship, I guess that's a better way of saying it. Um, but I don't know for a long, I, for a long time, I had this idea of what a friend was, but I didn't know how to be a friend. Like, I didn't know, you know, um, I was just a bad communicator. Like, you know, I don't know if I ever told you, Alicia, but you taught me a lot about friendship. And mm -hmm. I don't know, now that you're saying that your concept was wrong, maybe I learned it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even as I was thinking about this, like you said, Crystal, tell me when I was wrong. And one scripture that kept coming up in me was iron sharpens iron. Yes. And, you know, like love me enough to correct me. And that just goes back to the father. You know, the father corrects those he loves. So, you know, just even as I spent time thinking about it, I also spent time thinking about the word love. And, you know, one thing that we learned is that when we show love, we reveal the father. 
So I'm just like, like how you were saying, Alicia, just a lot of attention needs to be spent around like friendship and just like our society is so focused on like relationships, but you know, people aren't really learning how to be friends, you know? And it's so funny because, and y'all can correct me, like jump in at any time, like we learn, like you gotta be a friend of your spouse first. So yeah, like I really, when I wrote this question, I was like, huh? Like I really had to think about, you know, I guess what friendship, you know, meant to me and how you were saying, Alicia, a lot of stuff that, you know, you learned wrong, like really just, I didn't even know that I still had those, bad ideas you know and how you were saying crystal like they just need to be tweaked and changed or just in my in my world just gone like just we just don't <laughs> go ahead and replace that so yeah. yeah yeah you made a both of you guys made a lot of good points crystal you were talking about like for you how it was really important for someone who you call friend to correct you or you know to tell you when you're wrong and you know i've you know i feel like a lot of people say that <laughs> but a lot of people are not built like that like a lot of that actually can ruin a lot of mm -hmm. friendship and so i kind of wanted to i guess pick y'all's brain a little bit more on that um because you know again we're trying to filter everything through kingdom concepts and so tori you just mentioned the scripture that says you know what well, iron sharpens iron that's one of the ways you know in my head at least to do so that yeah you do um it does it can come in correction but i guess i'm just wondering from you guys like how has that played a role um in your friendships uh, as far as like correction or I know for me um, let's say me being the friend that's correcting um, I have to know your friend uh, for one and know how to come at them with it um, a lot of like for instance I've, I have a friend right now um, that I was kind of speaking into and I had to kind of learn how to do it Sometimes, you know, some sometimes people need it up front in their face, like, oh, you're wrong. And then there's sometimes where it's more so in a passive way, like, hey, you know, this is what happened in my life. And, you know, I'm I was headed in a direction going, you know, instead of just pointing the finger and making somebody feel bad, it's more so like teaching them. Or, you know. Um, just letting them know, but not so, not in a mean way, like in a loving way, just kind of like how the father does, you know, when, when we're going in the wrong way, there are times where, you know, it's just like, Hey, you need, you need to get this right. And then there are other times where he'll gently direct us back in the right path, if that makes any sense. So that's just my personal experience, um, in being that friend. Um, I guess for me, um, how Crystal was saying, know your friends, um, friends that, cause I've always been scared to do it. Like I wanted to, and, and since I've gotten older, I'm able to do it more now and just how, like knowing how to guide that conversation or, you know, like, like for instance, me and my sister talk all the time and I feel like we're finally back to the point where we're friends again. Um, but 
I guess like with her, you know, it's just like, now girl, now you know you ain't supposed to do that or I'm not finna tell you to do that, stuff like that. Um, but I guess like I wanted to, to, I guess to be able to communicate that, if that makes sense and do that. Um, but in the past, I will say this to be completely honest, it the, the correction, it depended on what friend it came from. Because if it was a friend that, you know, that I had a lot of respect for and I felt like I genuinely knew that they were after um, my best interest in heart, I was like, okay, maybe you are, you know, on like, maybe this correction is good or, you know, maybe that is good advice. And then I've had other friends who tried to correct me and I just shut down. I'm like, no, we ain't doing this no more. Which was basically looking, thinking about it now was just being offended because, you know, they could have depending on what it was, it could have really been helping me, but because I was offended, you know, I shut it down. Um, so yeah, uh, did that answer your question, Alicia? Yeah, yeah. man, I'm just taking all these notes, like, <laughs> and probably won't get to three quarters of them, but a lot of things that you guys are saying are really sticking out. One thing that you just said, I think was huge. You talked about offense and how your perception really impacted your reception. And I think that, that's key in any relationship like how we perceive others which really is going to get into you know how we perceive ourselves and and that whole thing you know but anyway how we perceive others really can impact how receptive we are and really we could miss out because you know the holy spirit he he has used a donkey like he can definitely use your friend um especially if they're born again to try to um to speak into your life. But if that perception, if you aren't completely, you know, open and not saying you should be completely open to everyone and to every, you know, message or advice or whatever, but I just see how, how I guess powerful that could be. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it definitely answered my question. All right. And so kind of to, to piggyback off of that, I guess I want to ask y'all like, um, when y'all, when a friend is offended at y'all, like, you know, how do y'all handle that situation? Just, you know, and still remain friends or have y'all been able to remain friends um, after that? As for me, it's kind of been a little bit of both. Um, there have been friends that I've offended and we're not friends anymore. And there have been friends where I've offended and we rekindled that um, friendship, but it's more so like, for, for me personally, to rekindle that, it's really just explaining to that person, letting them know, because a lot of times when you're offended, like you said, it's also some things that's going, I'm sorry, when you offend other people, there's also some things that might be going on in the side of, inside of you. And as you grow and mature, I know in my one particular friendship I'm thinking about, um, in particular, um, as I matured, I started seeing my own flaws and I was able to communicate that with my friend and be like, hey, you know, I was just in a horrible spot. Um, I just, I wasn't doing this and I wasn't doing that. And there was that understanding, that mutual understanding. Um, and it also depends on the maturity of that other person as well. So it kind of, yeah, for me, it was a little bit of both. You know, some friendships were lost and some were rekindled, so. Yeah, I think this tour, we're about to have to go down memory lane. 
in a minute. Like that's just what's about to happen. And I'm hoping that it doesn't take two hours to do that. But of course, when you ask that question, you were the first person that I thought about. And so for, let me try to sum it up. So Tori and I, we met in college, as she said, and, um, you know, actually it was at a time in my life where I was backslidden. You know, I've, I've been raised, you know, obviously raised to know the father. I had a early relationship with him, but during my college years, I was rebellious. I was really in a place. Um, and I won't even say just like flat out, like rebellious. Like I was more so, um, what's the word? I guess now that I had a little bit more freedom, I wanted to, you know, see what I was missing out on. So I loved the father. I still knew, you know, I didn't want to, I guess, like disrespect him. Um, but also I wanted to, you know, live my life and do things how I wanted to do it, which obviously was not the right thing. And I'm just so glad that that phase did not last, you know, a super long time. But anyway, so when Tori and I met, you know, I was still born again, you know, Holy Spirit filled, you know, all the things. But that was not the part of my life that I was, uh, you know, that's just not where I, I wasn't in a good spot. But anyway, so when we became friends, um, we quickly became close friends. You know, we would hang out and I didn't like I thought Tori, she had her own dorm and I just I was excited for the ride. Like I, <laughs> I still was living at home. You know, I really didn't have the opportunity, like I said, to. I don't know, do the college, get the college experience, which thank God I didn't because that probably would not have been good. But anyway, so, so yeah, so I was excited to um, be friends with Tori and probably maybe what a year into our relationship is when we hit a really, really bad rough patch. And to this day, I look, you're going to have to remind me because I don't even remember how we fell out like i really do not know what caused us to fall out i remember us fighting i remember us like having right we were like texting and i was like yeah. i was like i wanted to call you but you wouldn't answer my call so we just texting 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 rule number one do not have serious conversations over text that's one lesson that i have learned don't do that like but anyway so yeah so i remember us falling out and I'm telling this story all wrong because somehow I have to get back to the part like where you came to the ministry, but we'll just figure it out. So anyway, so um, we ended up falling out, but we have a mutual friend and, oh, I'm, and I'm still friends with her yeah, to this day. And I remember us being at um, a college event at this point, though, I think we had graduated. And I remember us being there and basically our mutual friend was like, I need y'all to figure this out. Okay, help me out if I'm not telling the right. What cause you thinking? Oh, so I think you may have graduated. I hadn't graduated yet. And I think it was something for Molly. And I think you may have been mm -hmm. working with her. And I remember that like it was so crazy because we were talking around each other. We would never talk to each other. Like Girl. it was just like immature. Oh, yes, yes, like Chris was talking about maturity. Immature. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and I don't know, we just, I don't know, we just started talking. I don't even know how it happened. Anyways, we just started talking and I think we were good after that for a while. And then I think right around the time Judah was born, we went through it again. Girl, you skipping so Am much. Am I skipping? <laughs> okay, well, you, you tell it. You tell it then. 
a mutual friend, because I'm not trying to drop names, but anyway, so a mutual friend was like basically trying to get us to talk. And so we had a really good conversation, you know, that day. And, you know, Tori um, was just, you know, kind of explaining from her perspective and I was trying to explain things, you know, from my perspective or whatever, but it was almost like, for me, I felt like, oh, duh. <laughs> okay, this is a major part that I should have said. I remember when we were having our breakup fight and I was like, like, we're supposed to be friends. Like, I just, like, I really know that God wants us to be friends. And I remember saying that. And she was like, nope, I'm done. You know, like, uh -uh, I don't want to be your friend, basically. And I was really hurt by that. I had never went through anything like that. And in my head, you know, I was just trying to figure out, like, what's wrong with me? Like, what did I do? Because I really was kind of confused. And I didn't understand, like, how we had gotten to that point. And plus, my feelings were hurt. Like, no one had ever broken up with me before in a friendship. <laughs> so I just felt like, you know, honestly, that was my first really big lesson um, when it comes to, to friendship. And like I said, I was like, don't you know that Elaine wants us to be friends? Like, that's really the big thing that was in my head. And it's so funny because, you know, now seeing how things have changed and how, you know, um, Tori came to the ministry eventually, which that's a whole nother story because I ain't think that was ever going to happen either <laughs> after the first time um, I had been inviting her or whatever and then she, she came and literally Tori I ain't never seen Tori move that fast but immediately after the service Tori was gone, like ghost <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh she's never going to come back, but anyway so I'm just glad that, you know, we were able to continue to put in the work um, because I think like, man, what would what would have happened, you know, if we hadn't? I know that that was a divine connection. So I'm glad that we, you know, continue to try to uh, make amends, I guess. That was the short and cut and dry. Yeah, that was the short, short, short version. But one thing that you said, Alicia, is that uh, I kind of wanted to bring up, uh, you mentioned when you was like, um, I know we're supposed to be friends, and and I remember that was at a time where I had I had just transferred to Memphis, so I didn't have friends, and I was just transferred to school. I I didn't really have friends like that, and so I remember praying for friends, and then here come Alicia, and so it's so funny, um, because I actually had forgotten about that. You know, you'll get what you ask for, and at that time, like you. Like that helped me through some stuff before we fell out. Like that really, whatever I was going through, I don't even remember. But um, that really, you know, helped me out. But then another thing I wanted to kind of mention that you brought up was that nobody had ever broken up with you as far as, you know, friends. But, you know, people don't talk about like that hurts. Like I can honestly say like I missed Alicia. I missed my friend but I was upset and I wasn't going to make amends. Like we, we not going to do this. Like we done, like it's over with, you know? And it's just, people look at like, you know, friend relationships and romantic relationships as two completely different things. Because if me and DJ would have gotten into a fight, cause we, we were together then, I would have went hard for that. But Alicia, me and my friend, somebody who can really, you know, she she really helped me grow up in a lot of areas and you know just have a lot of areas of my life like I was just so ready to throw that away you know just I was hurt my feelings were hurt I wasn't I wasn't trying to do it and so I just I don't know 
wow. Like just I I guess I had forgot about that and just, you know, um just I guess my point to bring it up is that those when we break those ties it hurts. I guess I don't want to necessarily call it a, a soul tie, but you know, uh you in a way you do have to heal from that. You know, you still yeah. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. But <laughs> I'm going to let you say something before I respond because I don't want to like, this should just be the toy in the leisure show. Yeah. We have, you know, we're trying to tell the story. So did you have anything on that? Um, no, I don't have anything to say. Y'all, I'm just enjoying just hearing the backstory of you guys because, you know, you know, I just came into the ministry and just hearing how y'all's friendship was and, you know, how it broke up and then came back and the maturity just hearing all of that like I'm just enjoying just hearing it and it is like it is so important to have kingdom friendships and have like-minded people that you can really count on um because in this world it's just it's it's hard it it is it's difficult it's it's a battle and when you have somebody in your corner I mean it's it's a plus so yeah I'm just enjoying listening well, yeah, because you, so you were talking about how it hurts and you said you were talking about soul ties. I do think that it's, it's still a soul tie and it's not, you know, like, um, you know, it's not the same as a marriage or, you know, that kind of relationship, which we could talk, you know, way, that's a whole nother, you need to write that one down, soul ties. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, there is, you do develop um, a bond and it's, it's impacted. You know, I feel like that's why just when people pass, whether you were married to them or not, like you definitely had a, a deep connection and you feel that when they when they pass on. So anyway, but um, so, yes, I agree with you. Like and people don't really talk about how to deal with that, um, especially I feel like from a kingdom perspective. And so for me, what I had to do, like. I remember even when we um, mended the first time, I was super guarded. I was super, um, what's the word? Like, almost like she had to prove to me that she could be my friend because I didn't know, you know, if she was going to break up with me again or whatever. So I just felt like I had to almost protect myself. And I think that that was the enemy because when you, um, you know, you hear the statement like forgive and don't forget, that's not a kingdom concept. Like when you, um, when you are, once you have made up your mind to forgive someone, then that's what you do. <laughs> like there is no, you can't hold on to a piece of it and a just in case and a, you know, that's not how it works. And I think for me, I had the wrong attitude about that because I was afraid and I didn't want you know, that to happen again. And so again, so, so I think what that did was it created number one, I had a, a unrealistic expectation of Tori because now I feel like you have to be a perfect friend. Now, if you don't do X, Y, Z, then you can't be my friend. You aren't being a good friend. When I had to really take a look at expectations mm. that, and again, that kind of goes back to, you know, like how you define a friend. And I realized that I had all these expectations that one, I never communicated to her. And two, that were unrealistic because again, there's no perfect person. And so I was just expecting, it was almost like in my head, I'm thinking like, 
If she did anything I didn't like, no, that's a that's a mark. That's a mark. That's a, like I was keeping track of everything that she did wrong, and it was um, it was immature. And and when in reality, I should have been talking to her and also allowing the Holy Spirit to mend that place in me and not making toward the Holy Spirit because she's not. And so I think that was a huge lesson that I learned from me and Tori's friendship was like, that's your friend, but and let her be your friend. Like she not your savior. She if she do something, you know, she's not gonna get it right all the time. And that's okay. You know, we're both learning and growing together. And so I think overall, I agree. Like our friendship has taught me about life <laughs> and about just, you know, and has allowed me to to mature as well. That's like you just this all so oh, did you want to say something, Crystal? You look like you wanted to. Yeah, I was just about to say one of the things, the key things that I heard um, Alicia say that she felt like she had to protect herself. And I feel like a lot of, you know, just me being a female, I can relate to females, but um, a lot of females deal with that. I know I have where, you know, you have a falling out with a friend and then you just totally mistrust them. Like trust is out the window and you just feel like, oh, I got to protect myself now. And um being a kingdom citizen it's like okay we like you said that all of that has to go out the window it's like there is no protecting yourself elohim is our protector so mm -hmm. it's like i need to reveal the father to my friend and if they decide to misuse that trust that i have in them then elohim is the one that deals with them and will deal with my heart so yeah mm -hmm. that was just something that really kind of resonated with me when you said you felt like you had to protect yourself and, you know that's really good because I know one thing that and I'll say this and then we can move on um it's just we just from listening to you guys and just the conversation taking place you know it seems like we just hold friends to such these high standards like why are we holding friends to such these high standards are holding them to standards that we don't hold to anybody else that are even ourselves or our parents, our, our family or anything like that. So I just, I don't know, maybe that's another kingdom conversation one day, but I did, unless y'all wanted to say something. Um, I think though, I wanted to go back to something you said towards the very beginning about, um, your, cause you, you basically were saying like, if it were DJ, it would have looked mm -hmm. different. Yeah. And, um, and so I, that really stuck out to me. And I think like being a friend to your spouse and, um, what that looks like, you know, so it, that's what it made me think about just how being a friend to your spouse, because you, you brought that up too. And, um, that is another way that I've learned, you know, a lot about friendship and, uh, Demetrius and I, my husband, Demetrius, we actually started out as friends. Thank the father <laughs> that we did. I just know it is something that really helped our relationship to grow and to have a stronger foundation versus if we would have just started dating. And he'll tell you, like, when we first, you know, met, he didn't want to be, he, he was not thinking about me. I remember telling, uh, I used to tell, I used to call him my husband. Like, I, I, I so I feel like I knew at the same time, I also knew, like, that's not what it was. Uh, and so I just remember, like, 
when I would talk to him and stuff, like he really was a friend to me, period. And it was weird because, you know, usually when you talk to guys or whatever, yeah, you, yeah, it's a friend, but you know, it's a friend, you know? And it was not that, like, I just knew that Demetrius, he really was just interested in the friendship at that time. And he'll tell you like for him, he was really at a place in his life. He didn't feel like he could date anybody. Like he didn't have a place to stay or, you know, things like that. So it just was so far off and out of his head. And for me, I'm glad. He didn't. Anyway, so being a friend to your spouse. So because our relationship, let's see, so we were friends. And then when we started actually dating, it was with the intent to get married. Like by the time we, you know, got to that point and, and it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a long time. Like when we, so we were friends for, let's say a year and then something just switched like in the, it wasn't in a, you know, a long span of time. It just switched. And, you know, he basically was like, I'm thinking about, you know, courtship. And then I was like, you got to talk to my daddy. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, and so, you know, we're not talking about courting or whatever, but I'll say like having that friendship first has, I feel like been the reason why our marriage is so strong now, because that's my friend. And I really, you know, I guard that. I nurture that. I protect that. And he's a great friend to me and I'm a great friend to him. And I feel like that is what, you know, when things get rough, that's what we fall back on. And that's what we're able to, you know, just be like, sometimes I say that. I'm like, are you still my best friend? And that'll get him to think like, I care about her and I, you know, and I, I care about him. And so let's talk to each other and treat each other well, like we would our, our best friend. So, yeah. I just want to say something that Tori has said about how like we judge we kind of hold our friends at a high standard and then hold ourselves at a different standard. Um, one of the things that came to me when you said that is a lot of times we'll um, judge ourselves based on our actions. Um, I'm sorry, backwards. Judge ourselves based on our intentions and then judge others based on their actions as opposed to what somebody might have intended to say or intended to do um, we just go off of, well, they did this. So I, I don't care what their intentions were. This is what happened. Um, but then when it's us, it's like, oh, well, no, that's not what I intended to happen. And hope that that person can overlook our, overlook our actions. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to add that, um, just kind of piggyback off of what Tori has said about, you know, sometimes we hold our friends at this high standard, but then when it comes to us, it's like a whole different story. So as far as like being a friend to um, my spouse, um, the one thing that Alicia has said that me and Octavian, we do is sometimes when we're about to talk to each other, it's like, okay, I need my best friend right now. I need to talk to my best friend right now. And it just puts us in that mindset that, you know, hey, she just needs somebody to listen or she needs somebody to have, you know, for some advice or whatever the case may be. But um, I really like that about myself and Octavian when we'll say, hey, I need to talk to my, my best friend right now. Um, so I really do think that that is an important foundation in a marriage um, and something that we're, as a couple, I don't know about you guys, are continuing to grow in because people change and 
you know, I change, he changes and a friend might start looking a little bit different. You know, they might need, um, I know for Octavian, there are times where he needs me to um, speak something into him. And there are, there are times where he just wants me to listen, you know? So anyway, so yeah, I just think that's, that's really the foundation of friendship and the growing of friendship. I think that's for, for us growing in friendship is really important as well. Y'all, I'm like Alicia over here. I'm just over here taking notes, like, for my life. Like, <laughs> just, I had never even thought about using it. Like, I need my best friend right now, you know. Just, I mean, y'all know, like, I men do a lot. You know, they, being the source, they have a lot of hats to wear and things to take care of. And, you know, I'm just always like, wife hat, wife hat, wife hat. Never just stopping back to, you know, hey, I need my best friend. Or, you know, let me be a friend of my husband. Who knows, you know. Cause I'm always like, okay, well, let me be a nice wife. Let me be a nurturing wife, you know, things like that. So no, let me <laughs> get myself together. No, I just, I love that. Um, we just, I would have never in a million years thought to do that. So, but yeah, well, since we're talking about spouses, it'll be good to go ahead and went into our next question. Um, is it okay to have a best friend besides your spouse? And if you want to start... I want to start. Oh, well, go ahead. Because <laughs> I think, again, you know, this, uh, I just wish that something I didn't have to, like, learn by, you know, making the mistake. You know, like, I wish that I had been taught uh, ahead of time. But anyway, because this is something that I feel like we've talked about enough. But anyway, my dad, he was like, that's your best friend. You don't have, basically, he's like, you don't have any other friends other than, you know, your, uh, your, and I was thinking like, what? <laughs> like, what you mean? You know, like, no, I didn't, when he first said it, it did not, I just threw it right out. I just, you know, I just threw it right out. But as I've learned and grown, I realized like, Demetrius is my best friend. There is no, nobody that is closer to me than him, first of all. And secondly, I understand, um, and kind of toward how you were just sharing about like how um, now you're thinking about it in a different way. But I've always saw being a friend to my husband almost like a tool, honestly. Like, <laughs> like because I, I I understand like in certain situations how it just I don't know it just relaxes things, and we just you know by us just having a good time and treating each other, you know, and working on that friendship. It comes in handy. Like, so anyway, so can you have a, a best friend other than your spouse? I would say it's possible, but I would say it is difficult because you really have to um, ba have balance. And so, you know, I remember like kind of like you, Tori, you were like, I, I was praying for friends and I wanted good friends. And then I got married and I was like, I don't have time. For a best friend, like I, and, and when I think best friend, I think about somebody you talking on the phone to, you know, all the time and going out. And I, I don't have time. Like I don't have time. So I was honestly grateful that I didn't have to break a bond like that, you know, because. Um, and I remember I did have one friendship when I first got married at we ended up uh, not being friends. And she said, like, you changed. And I'm thinking, like, 
that's a good thing, right? Like, shouldn't I change? I'm a man. I was a married woman now, you know, but it impacted our friendship, even though I really didn't, I didn't feel like, you know, I had changed or to, to the point that it impacted our friendship. But now I see like, wow, that was the Holy Spirit because I feel like that could have potentially been a wedge that would have taken more time away from me and my husband and our friendship because I had this other friend that, you know, I, now I have to be committed to you and, and spend time with you and we got to hang out. Like, no, that just wasn't where I was in my life. And so now I'm... Um, you know, when it comes to friendships, like, I think the biggest thing I need in a friend is just understanding I got stuff going on. <laughs> like, so I can't have, you know, super clingy friends and needy friends because I'm just in a place right now where I got two kids under two and a husband and a business and just life. So I think that, you know, for me, yeah, you prop someone can, but I can't. I can't have a friend other than, you know, my husband that's like super, super close. And, you know, if that makes sense. I agree um, with Alicia. Um, for me, it's a little different because my my background, like growing up, I actually um, had a lot of male friends. And so a lot of my best friends ended up being males. So with that being said, having male friends and being married, um, I would say no. Um, and as far as having another best friend, I think that it's okay to have friends, but no one should be closer to you than your husband. I mean, it says it in scripture, you know, in Marcus, it says um, that a man leaves his mother and father and cleaves to his wife and the two become one flesh. I mean, there's no closer than one flesh. So I just don't feel like you should have anybody closer than your, your spouse. Your spouse needs to be that best friend, that somebody that um, you're one with and nobody else can touch that. So um, I do believe you can have friends, but no one should be closer. Gotcha. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up because we are right at an hour, but ah! I know, I know. So I don't want, definitely want to be respectful of y'all's time, but no, what y'all said was really great. I'm going to have to agree with y'all because I know Crystal can attest to this. I can't even text back. So I just, I am not in the space for a best friend. Um, but just to, uh, but like y'all was saying, it's okay to have friends and be in fellowship. We're not saying that you can't, you know, ever talk to anybody else. Like your husband got to be the only one you got to talk to. We're not saying that at all, you know, but like you got to guard that relationship, you know? Um, and I guess for me, um my biggest thing with friends is like y'all don't need to know my business like you know but just you pick and choose those things that you that you talk about just like we were mentioning iron sharpens iron like it's a place for those friendships and things but you know just to kind of reiterate y'all's point nobody should be closer to you than your husband because that's who you really are you're doing life with you know your best friend is not in most cases i'll say is not raising your kids with you you know your best friend is not you know, paying bills with you, I hope, you know, just things like that. So with that being said, unless you ladies want to say something. I have one more thing to say, and I'm going to try to be brief, but I just, I just feel the Holy Spirit pulling on me to say this because I know that there are people, you know, particularly women who they do have a best friend, you know, and are married or, you know, preparing to be married, whatever. And 
I think the the perception is like, well, I've known this person longer than my husband. They know me better than anybody. And you can so easily fall into a trap. Um, you know, one thing, one huge no-no that, you know, we don't do in our marriage, we're not, I'm not kicking about my husband to anybody, you know? And so I think that you have to use wisdom and guard your marriage and guard your, your relationship and honor that. And so there has to be some sort of um, separation or respect there. And, you know, and I, I have other friends to where, you know, we practice that. Like, you know, we, we uh, talk often and talk about, you know, a lot, but there are just certain areas to where there's a, and I don't even want to say like guard up, but it's just like, just very protective, you know, of that. Cause I never want to paint my husband, you know, in a certain way. I don't complain about him to them or to anybody, you know, because that's just not how I guard my marriage. And so, so to your question and to your point, like we have to use wisdom and be very careful about allowing those outside relationships to impact or compete with our marriage. Like that's just mm -hmm. a, that's just a no, no. That is so true, Alicia. I just had to add that is so true and it's so dangerous. Yep, it is. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and close out this episode of Kingdom Conversations and we look forward to chatting with y'all again.